Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. A number of years back, my wife's dream of a family missions trip was realized. We went down to Peru. We went to an orphanage. And I was so pleased that my kids, most of them, walked in and started bonding with these orphans. They would hold the younger ones, play soccer with the older ones. They really just emoted a a, a real deep level of care for these orphans. I was so happy about that, but they didn't get it from me. They got it from their mom. Uh, that sense of empathy. I'm John Fuller. My co-host is Danny Huerta. And Danny, um, what are some normal ways that kids develop empathy? Many times it's just by mirroring uh, another person's emotions. Naturally, as kids, they begin to mirror their parents' uh, parents' emotions. And that's the beginning uh, pathways of, of empathy that a child gets to develop. So it's that time spent with a, with a parent responding back to them as infants. And then as they grow older, having a parent uh, responding and, and maybe asking the question, hey, what do you think that other child is feeling like in this mm-hmm. moment? And having them stop, pause, and consider, what is it like to be with me? But also, what is it like to be that child in that room? I remember having this conversation with my son about kids that don't have uh, girls that may not be asked to dance. It's some of those early dances, as awkward junior yeah. high or or early high They're school They're all dances. awkward. doesn't matter what age yeah, it is. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, and I challenged he and his friends to, to think about what would it be like not to ever be asked? And what could you do hmm. in that case? And they stepped in and asked these girls, and they, they were able to come back and report back. They said, man, I felt really good because I could tell they were very happy with what just happened. That's neat. And uh, it's those little moments, those little teachable moments that we can have as parents. They can begin learning that. Well, we're going to hear from uh, counselors and authors David Thomas and Sissy Goff a little bit more about empathy and how you can help your child um, understand and relate to others. Here now are David and Sissy with Jim Daly. Let's move to empathy. Talk about the importance of empathy, what empathy is, and teaching your child how to um, express empathy. It's kind of a big question there, but either one of you just kick it off. Maybe a, a short definition would be if vocabulary, the milestone of vocabulary is reading emotions, empathy is responding to emotions. So it's the okay. ability to kind of look at you and have some sense of what's going on inside of you, climb into your shoes. And we know there's so much research out there that continues to confirm that empathy is one of the most foundational ingredients in healthy interpersonal relationships mm-hmm. of all kinds. Marriage relationships, parent-to-child, co-worker relationships. So we don't really need to have much of any conversation about whether we think it's important or useful. It is, no doubt about it, and the research continues to confirm it. So kind of where we go in the empathy chapter in every chapter is breaking down what are the stumbling blocks for boys, what are the stumbling blocks for girls, what are the building blocks for boys, building blocks for girls. And then at the end of every chapter is 10 practical, easy, user-friendly ways that a parent can be doing this in your home every day. Well, let's go with the boys. What are the stumbling blocks, and then what are those uh, antidotes to help them? Oftentimes with boys, the first and biggest is going to be awareness. Like where he has trouble reading his own (laughs) emotions, it's all the more difficult to read it on others. And so one of the practices I recommend for parents is doing a lot of people studies. You know, if you're just sitting in a, a you know, airport. restaurant, airport. I like, what do you think that guy over there is feeling? What do you think's going on? He's talking on the phone. 
having him be able to look and put some of those puzzle pieces together using movies, hitting pause at different points on the way Mm -hmm. when we're watching movies or reading books with kids and kind of doing a little dissecting in those moments is a useful practice with a lot of boys. Yeah. If you have an older child now and you're feeling, I mean, I'm I'm not even sure what a red flag would look like if they're not empathizing. Uh, Give me an example, a practical example where you have a 15, 16 year old and you should be, the alarm bell should be going off. What would that look like? And then what can you do? Well, one of the first things we would say, I think for boys and for girls uh, with adolescents, and this is a part of where just Letting development serve as a backdrop is so important that we acknowledge one of the things that's at play with every adolescent is they're thinking more about themselves than others. Now, at five, six, seven, that's kind of normal, right? Oh, it's absolutely. hard to raise a child up at that age to say, be empathetic. And it's normal at 15, 16, 17. We could add a one to <laughs> yeah. each of those numbers, too. Yeah. Well, I, would hope, I hope that they would have more coping skill at that point, more ability to be able to do that. They would, but what could get in the way is that reality of I'm thinking so much about myself and I'm insecure and unsteady inside of myself that I can't be as aware of you. It's not that I don't want to or have the skills to, but I'm so roadblocked by adolescence in Mm -hmm. those moments. And that's like my complexion is bad or I don't stand out the way I want to. I stand out in a bad way, so I can't even get outside of that. Yes, Uh, and and there's, you know, for years developmental psychologists have called one of the things that happens in adolescence the imaginary audience, this phenomena that kids are believing in all moments. I'm being observed, critiqued, watched, talked about. It's and that's true. Yeah. And now more <laughs> social media has confirmed that to mm. be the case. And so kids are so consumed with that, they can't be aware of others in ways that they'll have the capacity to do differently, say, for example, in their 20s. And, and that feels so foundational to us to talk about and understand because in those moments, you mentioned this earlier, a parent could easily go to a place of just thinking, oh, my goodness, he's 16 and he doesn't have any evidence of empathy. And I would always push back on that and to say, he's 16 okay, and likely doesn't have a lot of evidence in some moments, but requiring him to be in situations, something as simple as an elderly neighbor on our street lost a spouse. So let's write a note to that person and take it. You found it. My son's at 15, just found out their beloved soccer coach lost his mom. And I'm like, let's write him a note at this point. And practice, role play, having a conversation. A 15-year-old boy doesn't know naturally how to approach a coach they love and respect and acknowledge that he lost someone he loves. And so that's, that's, what, that's something we have to practice, and that's no what, different than riding a bike. What you call a building block. It is. So every parent should take note that empathy isn't something that you know occurs overnight. It takes time, as David was saying. And Danny, you mentioned that earlier in the open. Just model this and let your kids kind of grab on to empathy. A big roadblock for a lot of kids would seem to be self-consciousness. You know, I'm very aware that I don't feel comfortable right now, so it's hard for me to reach out to somebody. I mean, what what do you do about that? That's a really tough one. We all have some degree of self-consciousness just because we're designed that way, to be self-aware. From an early age, you you need to build in your child an accurate self-assessment. Who are you? And why is that good? And why can that be a challenge to other people? And learning to go into those moments with your child to help them learn who they are is important. You know, some parents um, have noticed that kids caring for animals uh, helps them learn empathy at yeah. a at a much more basic level. Just having an animal, caring for an animal, uh, and seeing, especially some of those animals initially that are very shy 
what are they so fearful of? And mm-hmm. then having that conversation, what do you get afraid of? Are you afraid of what people are thinking of you? Do you start to speak negatively about yourself? And there are many kids that have really, really negative things to say about themselves internally. And I'll ask them, what would you do if somebody talked to you the way you talk to you? Mm-hmm. And they'll say, well, I'd, I'd probably never talk to them again. Or I would punch them is what I've heard. I said, why do you let yourself talk to you like that? Well, that doesn't make sense. And so you have to learn how to be kind to yourself so that you can be kind to others, so mm. you can have connectedness, so you can have relationships, so you can learn how to love who God has created you to be. And uh, it's quite a process, but it, it, it takes a lot of dialogue and a lot of pausing and yeah. thinking about what's going on there. And sometimes you can even do it with movies and pictures and helping them recognize what people are feeling and then... Uh, saying, what do you think they're afraid of as you look at them? And have them speculate and really practice projecting a little bit about what may be going on in their world into other kids hmm. and learning that this is about a much bigger world than just you, and there's a lot to love about you. Uh, let's not let fear keep you from loving other people. Yeah, that's a good word. And uh, stop by our website for further information, resources, and biblical advice. The link is in the show notes, and uh, while you're there, you can get a digital download of the entire conversation Jim Daly and I had with David Thomas and Sissy Goff. You can also get their book, Are My Kids on Track? Uh, We'll send a complimentary copy of that as a thank you gift for your donation of any amount today to Focus on the Family. Well, next time, how to respond when your child says something hurtful to you. I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Danny and the team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.